Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Humanity First. And this week, we're going to talk about nursing. And Christiana Adonzi is with us. Hi, Christiana. And I think this is probably the fifth time you've been on the Oh, podcast. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Peter, for having me again. <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure. And it's always a pleasure to talk about nursing and where nursing culturally fits in, a, in, uh, in our uh, in, in our country and, and, and in the world. And uh, I was sort of interested in having a discussion today about nursing in general. We're just coming off Nurses Week and Florence Nightingale's uh, birthday. And um, a lot of lovely things have been said this week. And they said oftentimes um, COVID, we've just come off. Well, we're still in COVID, let's say that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've heard a lot of stories about nurses who are saying, you know, I'm burnt out from the work that I've done over the past two years of COVID, especially when you're faced with people who are not getting vaccinated, who are getting sick. And, and this whole thing has been so politicized. And I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but there is no question that the vaccination issue has become politicized. On, uh, and there are very strong feelings on both sides of that. And right in the middle of that are the caretakers, are the nurses who see people you know, coming into emergency departments uh, terribly ill, when we found out this week, uh, they're estimating that 300,000 of those million people that have died of COVID, their, their death could have been prevented by a vaccination. Yeah. That must be so frustrating to you as a medical professional. It is frustrating, Peter, but um, we learn. You know, we have to move forward and see what we can learn from that. I do think that coming off of Nurses Week, it was great to hear so many people talk about nursing, hearing about nursing profession, what we did good and what we could improve on. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all perfect, mm -hmm. and including the, the rest of the medical world. I mean, we've learned a lot from that, and I'm hoping that, you know, going forward, we can use that, whether it's the shortage that we're dealing with right now, which we already had. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the pandemic, the COVID, post-pandemic, we're now looking at the Staffing shortage is not just nursing, it's all across the United States mm -hmm. and all over the world. And then we talk about the shortage for nursing. Um, we are, everyone is struggling. The hospitals, um, the, you know, all the sites of care for people that are sick. And so we still have our work cut out for us. We still have to think about how to recruit people, get people interested in nursing. So last week was one of those things where we talked about nursing, and we're hoping that that would make some younger folks, as you know, as you know, we are losing a lot of people from who are retiring, Sorry, yeah. lost people from COVID. But we have a lot going on. We also still have a lot going on. We have our work cut out for us. Like I said, we want to engage the younger folks so they can join the profession. So I am looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, you know, I was um, I was doing I was supposed to give a, a little speech last week. At, in, in I know. Week, and everybody <laughs> had gone home by the time I got there. Wow. <laughs> um, but you know, one of the things I researched was really interesting. The first nursing school was in uh, 429 BC, mm. uh, and that beats a a doctor's uh, uh, school by uh, a lot a lot of years. Um, and that was actually uh, in India. And when you think about that, and by the way, it was only males that could be nurses back then, which is because of all oh, the irony. <laughs> um, but when you think about that, how how sort of entwined nursing is in the culture, in every culture, um, and how it is always seen as the most compassionate and most trustworthy. That was yes. the other thing. Nursing, people, nurses are the most trusted profession and Again, beat doctors by an awful long way. Certainly beat social workers, which I push back on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but all of those things are the things that 
make people at a very early age. And, uh, and I'll ask you this. Um, my mom was a nurse. We've talked about yeah. this before. She said she knew she wanted to be a nurse when she mm. was five years old. She was so convinced that that's what she wanted to do and that's what she did. I tend to think that, that nurses do have that feeling about this is, this is a direction that I want to go in, which isn't the same with every uh, profession, is it? Now, oftentimes, especially social workers, we tend to end up in, uh, in, in, yeah, because we tried a couple of other things and they didn't work out. <laughs> well, for me, I mean, that is true. Most of the nurses I work with, they knew right off the bat they wanted to be nurses. And some of them, even when they were not able to go, decided later on to go back to what they wanted to be, and that's nursing. But, you know, some of us, someone like me, thought I knew right from the bat that I can advocate for people. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think nothing. Oh, really? I thought I would be a lawyer. I would go and defend people. Mm-hmm. And um, But um, I was writing in one of my essays for school how I ended up being a nurse. And my dad looked at me and said, you know, I'm from Africa. The parents choose what they want you to be. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, I think you'll be a good nurse. And I cried. My, I'm like, a nurse? No. But I'm always grateful for that because mm-hmm. I didn't think I would be in a position where I would advocate for people this way. Yeah. Advocacy is what nursing is all about. Yeah. We advocate for our patients, their families, their loved ones. And so COVID was one of those things that showed people that nurses can be great advocates. I mean, we work very closely with the doctors. The mm-hmm. doctors also appreciate what the nurses do. We do appreciate what they do. But we have the first contact with yeah. the patient. We receive the patient when they show up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. We receive them when they show up, when they're admitted in the unit. Um, and then we talk to the doctors. We talk with them. We go to the patient. And even when they don't understand what the doctors said, they go to the nurse. And that has always been why nursing is so special. Um, people trust what they say. If they don't know the answers, they'll tell you. They'll find out. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't second guess what they think it's going to be. But everyone can relate to that. Mm. Everyone can relate to having a nurse see them when they're sick, when they're in the hospital, be it at home. I've done home care for a long time. You know, the relief people get when you show up at their homes just to work with them, it's very apparent. Yeah. And so I'm grateful that I have a, um, I ended up being a nurse. I'm always grateful to my dad. I'm always happy that I'm here. Always grateful for Bamsey that showed me a different kind of advocacy. And that's what we want people to see, what nursing can do, how nursing can help with the health disparities that we have. Um, every aspect of health care, every setting you have, you have a nurse there. So yeah. um, it's a good thing, and I'm glad um, the COVID also gave us an opportunity to recognize that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of those things, isn't it, that um, when, when, when I look back on the last two years, not much good happened, really. Let's face it, you know, our lives are changed forever. Many of the people that worked at Bamsey had to come to work uh, every day anyway. Some of them lived in for two weeks uh, to make sure that we reduced infection, nurses and direct care we, uh, people. And we sort of set this sort of door opened almost. Was it, look, this is actually what these people do that really sometimes they're in the shadows, you yes. know, looking after people who are vulnerable, looking after people who, many of whom have, you know, very complex medical presentations. But we were able to see that the country still runs when we're providing services to people, when we're keeping them alive. Yes. Um, and there was, there was that celebration. And in my country, in Britain, uh, every night for, the, for a year, people came out onto the balconies and would, would clap for uh, the National Health Service people. And it was just a wonderful moment that came out of a terrible mm-hmm. thing. I worry about how we're going to carry that forward. What is the currency that that has now? 
because we do have nursing shortages. We do have people who are very stressed. We do have people who are pulled in all directions. How do we make that special for people? How do we make people want to know that they can be a part of something sort of bigger than themselves uh, at a place like BAMSI? Because we do have nursing shortages. It's not BAMSI nursing shortage. It's a worldwide shortage, I think. You know, what are some of the things that we can do to encourage people to get involved, you know, to go to nursing school, but also to stay with us? And that's the next stage. I mean, but there are, we have to look at the, SARS, though, we have struggled with nursing shortage even before the pandemic. Right. It wasn't as apparent as it was with the pandemic. Um, and we've had, you know, plans, what they intend to do, but it never done. Um, there are so many aspects to it. We talk about nursing schools, the faculties. Mm-hmm. They don't have enough um, mm-hmm. um, teachers. teachers. Yeah. They don't have enough educators. Um, and so they, the schools can only take so many even though the numbers show that by 2025 will be like 200,000, 300,000 short of nurses. Mm. And you can imagine the impact of that going to the hospital. And that's and because the, of re- resi- the, um, retirement. Retirement, yeah. from retirement and people, and people just walking away from the yeah. profession yeah. right now. They are exhausted, yeah. the burnouts. Mm-hmm. And they also have options. A few of them, some of the surveys show that about out of the 29% that you know say they're leaving the profession, 10% or so of them are completely leaving. They're not cutting down to part-time. They're not interested in part-time. And and you can understand why the COVID made people want to spend more time with their families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is um, interesting. However, I do want to stick with the positives about this. <laughs> what is going to happen? We do need to look at how we can get people interested, the younger folks interested in this profession. We should make it a little easier to get in, um, get into the programs um, right now with the COVID, and that's part of the problem. With the nursing shortage, you don't have enough educators. Getting into the programs is even more difficult now. So how do you, how does... um, the society, not just the nursing profession, it's just all the stakeholders yeah, that yeah. we have here, the federal government, yeah. the state governments. And when you think about um, places like Bamsey, how do we retain who we have as nurses? We can only do so much. And, you know, before this, I was talking to you about how we are pushing back because we can't safely care for people mm-hmm. if we don't have the human personnel to do it. We can safely care for people and it's really affecting even the most vulnerable and that's the ones that we take care of, our clients that we take care of here at BMZ. And so we've tried so many. The agencies started springing up um, but we cannot afford to pay those costs. You know, some emergency rooms, they're paying $80 an hour for, you know, a nurse and it's still not enough. They're not finding them. And then we cannot afford to pay what People, how much, you know, how much we're getting reimbursed. We can't compete with those people in a small agency like Bamsey. In the grand scheme of things, we are not even still visible, as visible as we should be, because we are caring for the most vulnerable ones here. It's so true. And, and, you know, that is a struggle, isn't it? But it gets you back to that that conversation about, um, well, I was down in um, uh, Pembroke, um, Pembroke Street in is that in uh, Kingston? I think. In Kingston, yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, and I was talking to one of the nurses, and um, and she had been working in an ED in, in the hospital. I think she was at Morton or something. And uh, and I said, why wh- why did you decide to come to Bamsey? It's a totally different uh, setting. I know it's the same skills you're yeah. using. And she said, you know, I came because 
I did feel burnt out. I felt that I, you know, I, I would see so many people a day. And even when I was on the med surge ward, you know, there would be people sort of coming, you know, 24, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. I, just, I didn't know what I was letting myself in for. But coming here allowed me to know the people that I was caring for on mm-hmm. an intimate basis that is so different from anywhere else. And she said, I really enjoy that. And I enjoy working with the team who is always, you know, the, the, the people who are looking after them. I've got to know the parents and the loved ones. And that is my world. And that's what nursing to me really is now. So selling that story, I think, is an important one that, yes, Yes, it's 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 a nursing job, but it's in a different environment. It has different stresses, no question about mm-hmm. that. But that's a different a different way of coming at the knowledge that of the people that you're working with, right? And I agree. Yes, it's it's a different kind of nursing. But like you said, nursing is nursing everywhere. We we like to care for people. Yeah. We are trained to care for people. Um, the competency is about assessing people and being able to elevate that. You have. This is concerning, and you bring that up, and we can care for people. Improving longevity, you know, what we do here at BEMS is different. Having said that, you know, people still want to get recognized. People still want to get um, paid. Um, they want to get a reasonable wage. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, you're, when it's out there that some places are making way more, um, if you have bills to pay, mm-hmm. the, the, it's obvious mm-hmm. that people will flock to those places. But... The main problem is that we don't have enough because we would find people who are interested no matter what the wage is, but we don't have right. enough. And so the little we have, they want to get paid. And like I said, the the COVID was bad. Everyone knows it was. we lost so many people. But the silver lining is that this profession, the society in general have come to recognize why our health care is broken. Yeah. It is broken. Yeah. And we have to do something and accept the all the stakeholders for us, we're talking about EOHSS coming together, working with us, DDS working with us to say the folks that we care for are our neighbors, they are our siblings, they are our friends, and they deserve the best. Yeah. And so we look for the best. We don't look for, you know, nothing but the best. We want them to be cared for yeah. appropriately. And so for you to get the best, you have to also pay them well. Yeah. Uh, we don't have enough. I think we need to focus on recruiting the younger folks, getting them interested in the profession. In the the big picture is getting more people into the profession to replace the people that are retiring, that are leaving, that are burnt out, yeah. making it easy enough for them to get into the profession. The tuition rates are way high. Yeah. The more the what we pay for the school, if there are a way to encourage people, give them some leverage to do that, but I, I've worked in so many different settings. It's still the same nursing. People complain about yeah. the same thing. There is burnout everywhere. Yeah. 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 There is burnout everywhere. Yeah, but it's a di- it's just a different environment. That's all. And it's- and and I do think you know. Just going back to that, you made me think about something. That do you think that you know when when you think about the high esteem which um, nursing and the medical profession have been held in um, for most part. I mean, there are some you know people who are. I just can't explain what those people are who who are uh, deniers and everything. But for the most part, the majority of Americans have seen the wonder of nursing in a way, perhaps when they wouldn't have seen it before. I mean, we all have our own experiences with that. But in general, 
over the past two years, it's been in our faces. These are people are saving lives, you know, mm-hmm. literally saving lives. They are working, you know, 24-7. Do you think it's going to persuade that person who's thinking, I wonder which profession I'm going to go into, to look at nursing because of the way it's been portrayed in the last two years? I would hope so. I mean, I also think the numbers show that more people are interested in the nursing profession because the colleges have seen more enrollment. Um, The reason why people are going into it, it's a different reason, maybe because they think, you know, people are making more money and they think, okay, let me go in. But I think majority of people go in because they want to help. I do think that people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. But we also have to sustain that. It's easy to go in, but staying is what we want to make sure that people are being retained and that they're enjoying the profession and that they're looking at the pathways, a career pathway for them, not just the bedside nursing. And that's why I'm looking at, you know, when I look at nursing, I'm like, what is the what is the pathway here? What am I going to do? How do we get more people in? But then when they come in, how will they look at the career they have in nursing? That's right. And so if we don't make that pathway, if we don't work, including, you know, positions like APRNs, get, making sure that people are able to get that advanced level degree, yeah. that there is a pathway there. So that's, that's how we can keep the younger folks interested, engaged in this conversation. Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about that a lot at uh, orientation, which is, you know, we don't, when you, when you come in to work for BAMSI, it isn't just that shift you work yes. on a Wednesday. It's actually, well, what are we going to do? What's the plan? What do you want to do? Now, some people want to, you know, some people want to do nurse, bedside nursing. Mm-hmm. Some social workers want to do, you know, individual therapy. But a lot of people think, what next? And I I think we have to nurture that and we have to encourage people. And, you know, we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion. Are we talking to everybody the same way about that in this organization? We need to. We need to. Everybody needs to have the same opportunity and be made aware of the opportunities that are out there. And we can do better with that, I think. Um, and, and, and we have to because we can talk about recruitment, but if we don't fix retention, we're not going to fix the recruitment issue yes. as well. Uh, and we need to measure that uh, carefully all the time and say, well, what are we doing that makes people want to stay here? Exactly. We talk about burnouts. How are we going to stop the burnout? It has always been there. The burnouts have always been there for nursing. Um, People work in the hospitals. You get burnt out. You're like, okay, let me go to home care. You get burnt out. Let me go to where else do I go? Okay, let me go. There's always that burnout. The the educators are burnt out. They don't have enough. That's a real problem. That's a real problem. That's the beginning of the problem because we cannot get more people enrolled to, you know, fix this. But... um, the good, like I said, the silver lining in this is that we are um, talking about it. Yeah. We are looking at the profession critically, yeah. looking at the steps, looking at what can we do to make it better? What can we do to engage more people? And what can we do? And all in the with the idea of improving our health and wellness in this country because United States is not doing that great compared to other countries. So uh, we should be looking at that numbers and nursing is a big big part of it yeah well when we do look at it we know that we spend 20 percent of our gross domestic product on healthcare. we're 32nd in the world yes those numbers and 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 the proportion of spending to post-acute care as opposed to acute care is skewed to acute care whereas in every other country it's on preventative care it, it is and that's why we're pushing nursing talking about nursing there is more we can do. We're talking about still a lot of states don't have. They don't have um, 
the practice authority, full practice authority to use all these advanced practice nurses yeah, to do crazy. yeah, to do preventive care when they know the studies suggest that they can do that. Yeah. And so there is more politics into it, especially here. Yeah. And I'm glad, like I said, the silver lining is that we're able to talk about this yeah. and look at how we can leverage this profession to help yeah. the entire country yeah. with what we're struggling with. And that's the healthcare system, yeah. which is very complex and very complicated. Yeah. You know? And who knows? Christiana, we may get to have a conversation about having an actual public health policy, which we haven't had since Janet yes. Reno was uh, was around. So, you know, that's 30-something years. But I do think all of those things have pushed that conversation. Like, we can't keep patching things up. We can't have this boom and bust where, you know, people die and they don't need to die because we don't have the people to do the work. Um and, you know, if I'm optimistic, I think it is time for change. You know, we've, we've, we've come a long way in some of those conversations in terms of making sure that the majority of people have some health coverage. But we've got a long way to go, you know, before we can address the issues of chronic uh, disease, for instance. I agree. And you're talking about chronic diseases. The COVID made it worse. Yeah. It expanded some of this, exhibited some of these chronic diseases in our elderly. Yeah. And so we even need more nurses now than ever yeah. because we are expecting some of the lingering effects of COVID to show up affecting more people than before. People are, We have more people that are depressed, including nurses. And when we're talking about this, nurses are also included in this. Mm, we have more. The studies show that there are more people, one in every three American is depressed from the COVID. Mm -hmm. And so... We are looking at a very big picture when it comes to health care and not just talking about nursing in isolation. We're talking about all the medical personnel, social workers, CNAs, LPNs. It, it's not just nursing, medical doctors, physicians all over the country. So we have to come together and come up with a um, – there are plans out there and just put politics aside and think about how we can make this um, more like our issue than just – someone else's issue. Yeah. Well, if we could put politics aside, that would be a start because I know that these things get politicized so much. But I do think that, you know, we're coming together, we're having these conversations. And, um, you know, it is, it's, it's similar, you know, having been in behavioral health all my life, we're talking about mental health issues more than we ever did because mm -hmm. it's been normalized in a way by COVID, hasn't it? By, it's this whole thing like everybody felt like that. Well, okay, here's a window into what the disease is really like. And so, again, there's another thing. But we have to be able to jump on this, don't we? We have to. Oftentimes we say, oh, yeah, those essential workers, where are the rates? What are we prepared to pay, you know? And oftentimes it happens that, I, this quick story, but when I was up in New Hampshire, I worked with a number of different politicians, and I won't say who they were, but I got a call one day from a very um, conservative Republican um, uh, politician who said, my son is in the emergency department. He's had a mental breakdown. You need to help him. How come he's waiting so long? Oh, yeah. And I said, I felt like saying, now you're interested because yes. it's your family. Mm -hmm. Could you just broaden your idea yeah. of what family is? Because there are so many people who struggle like that. Maybe now we're getting a sense of what it really is like to struggle with all of those human conditions which are part of a human condition. I agree. And I can tell you several stories. I mean, we just had a meeting yesterday, I was telling you, and it was hard for, for us to say to the parent, well, this is what we can offer. Yeah. 
you know, if this is not good, then maybe you should be. Lo- it was saying that, coming out to say that was really tough yeah. because we know that we cannot do this safely. Right. This is what we can offer you. We can offer you something we don't have. Okay. And so that is why we have to, whether it's um, Bamsi or it's a hospital, it's it's everywhere. And, you know, I just want to make sure I use this opportunity to thank all the Bamsi nurses for all the hard work they do. Um, and it was happy seeing everyone on Nurses Week, Nurses Day. And I'm sure everyone is struggling, but I always encourage people to speak up, talk to someone. Yeah. You know, May yeah. is Mental Health Day, so make yeah. sure you speak to someone if you're struggling. That's right. And, yes, I absolutely agree with that. Thank you to all of our nurses. It has been a, a really difficult couple of years, and you've really come through. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for you, uh, what would this country be uh, if we, if not? So, Christiana, thank you so much for thank coming you, Peter, on for once again. Thank <laughs> you're you so good at me. this. We keep asking you back. It was lovely oh, to have thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.